So even if you're not get rich, if you're, even if you're lucky, you're not part of the statistics, if you don't have proper security tools and you're selling to enterprises, to uh, organizations, you will not be successful in your business. And this is, I think, the biggest threats. Um, and this is what founders need to understand. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, Head of Developer Relations at Aquilas, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're really excited to have Moshe Farber on the line with us today for this episode. He's the chairman of the Cloud Security Alliance here in Israel, the local chapter. And uh, before we get into a little bit more detail, Moshe, about you and your background, could you please just give us a little bit of information? H- how does CSA for, work for startups? And how does the Israel tra- chapter contribute globally to what CSA is doing? Okay, so first of all, I thank you very much for having me here, Jeremy. It's a pleasure uh, to be with you on this uh, episode. Um, so as you said, I manage the current, uh, currently I manage the local chapter for the Israeli uh, Cloud Security Alliance. And because we are Israeli and we have such a vibrant startup scene, uh, we, there's, there's two things that we contribute to CSA Global on this, uh, on this aspect. The first thing is that every year, uh, we do a conference that is called the CSA Innovation Conference. It is uh, part of the Israeli Cyber Week, one of the largest cyber uh, conferences in the world. And over there, we are presenting new startups, new technologies. Uh, and I'm uh, actually, uh, I'm not sure that you're aware of that, but in the first time that we hosted this uh, conference a uh, couple of years ago, Oded, the founder for Achilles, was one of the uh, people on board that uh, joined us. And, uh, uh, I still remember the... I watched the videos. Uh, yeah, it was Corona time, actually. Um, so uh, we, it was virtual event. Yeah, now I remember that. Uh, yeah, so um, so we know Achilles for a very long time. The second thing that we do is we publish uh, the cloud security guidelines for startups, which is a CSA uh, official guide for startups who are building themselves on top of cloud computing, which I think today is... 100% of all startups, or maybe 99% of all startups, because it makes a lot of sense. Now, um, I want to say a couple of words about this document. Let me share my screen for a second, if this is okay. Um, um, currently, you're looking at version one. We're working on version two of this document. But the first question I always got is, what is the difference between cloud security for startups and or any other organization that is boarding the cloud? And, there, and this, this is a good question because uh, there are many cloud security checklists, guidelines, and best practices out there. But how a startup is different? Well, I'm drilling down all the way to this graph. What we basically did in this um, in this document is we divided the different phases that organization needs to, uh, to do, and we built it according to the different founding rounds of uh, startups. For a startup, there's always the seed round where you still need to build your product, and then there's the second round when you start to acquire customers. Usually those are uh, customers that are familiar with you, and it's easier to bypass their, uh, I don't know, the screening process, and later on there are the more advanced routes where you grow up your man uh, where you, uh, you grow up and you uh, have 
basically building your maturity, you're maturing with your services. So we adapted the guidelines based on how much money you have and which phase are you in the life cycle of a startup. So this is what's unique. And it basically be giving you, uh, if you're a security or founder for a startup, it's giving you the landscape of how you need to mature yourself based on uh, the different phases and the amount of money that you have and also the acquisition of your customers. So uh, this is the major things that we contribute for the Cloud Security Alliance. Uh, and this document is available uh, for, to download for free from the Cloud Security Alliance website. Uh, so I urge you all, if you're a founder at a startup, definitely if you're a founder at a startup that uh, maintain and store customer data. If you are uh, if you are provisioning SaaS application, for instance, software as a service, then security is mandatory, and customers will ask you questions. And I think this document can help every one of you in the process of planning and implementing security. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of information there too. That's really important. GDPR is just the beginning of storing data. And then you have mm -hmm. all the other security compliances and SOC 2 and everything else. But before, so before we get into a little bit more detail about, you know, the startup world um, and, and how CSA is, is uh, you know, contributing there as well uh, in more detail, um, can you just, Moshe, give us a little bit of background about you and where you come from and what you've done so far? Okay, so um, my background is uh, information security for the last 20 years, or actually 22 years. Um, coming from a very technical background, my first, uh, my first 10 years were working for the large enterprises, building uh, anything from uh, identity management, patch management, security information management, and uh, building those products by hand or, uh, or being the product manager for those. Uh, for those type of deployments. Uh, after 10 years, like many of the people in Israel, I switched to the entrepreneur, uh, uh, entrepreneurship uh, scene. I've been part of many uh, startups, some of them more successful, some of them less successful. But there is one common thing between all startups. Uh, about 10 years ago, we started developing on top of cloud services. Before that, we you know, you, you we used to borrow our hardware from uh, the family and everything we could put our hands on and we build them together and we used to imagine that we have um, a, a resilient infrastructure and used to imagine that we can be enterprise scale. But when AWS came in and later on Microsoft and Google, this whole thing changed, the entire scene changed for the startups and it was the first time that we were able to build something that is really resilient, that is really enterprise grade from day one. Yeah. Uh, so this really changed the way that we work. And I was looking for who are the thought leaders who can help me in understanding the markets, the different players in the market, who can help me understand the best practices. And this is where I came across a, a small organization at the time, 10, uh, 10, 12 years ago, it was a small organization. And I'm referring to the Cloud Security Alliance. And ever since then, uh, this is my contribution to the community. I've been involved in creating the certification for the Cloud Security Alliance. Later on, 
for other organizations that the Cloud Security Alliance work with. I uh, helped IC Square building their own cloud certification and uh, ISACA with their own auditing, uh, cloud auditing certification. And uh, I'm basically, I'm talking to many organizations from startups to governments on how to build their cloud security uh, program. Uh, and this is why I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with you. Thank yeah, you. that's great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that we have much more uh, of your background and, and we see why we're here today. So getting diving a little bit deeper in that, uh, in that table that you showed us uh, from CSA, uh, mm -hmm. it talked about application security in the middle, middle layer over there. And we talk about application security a lot of times, you know, we're also talking about the CICD pipeline. So mm -hmm. what have you seen, generally speaking, in startups is sort of an average looking CICD pipeline at the beginning? Like, what does that look like? And then what, and then we, from there, we'll, let's, you know, let's start with that. And then we could talk a little more about the security side of them. What is just a, an average CICD pipeline these days look like? Okay. I mean, because, you know, startups, a lot of them, you know, they'll just use AWS, for example, or just GCP or just Azure, you know, they don't really go multi or hybrid cloud right away. So mm -hmm. are you mostly seeing that, you know, it's just one cloud and that's it? And then what, what are the applications? What are they using in their pipelines? Okay. So a, a lot of questions. Let's, um, uh, let's try to uh, answer them uh, in an orderly manner. So first of all, I want to, I'm going back to the document we wrote just to uh, work on the different pillars that we have. So we have the platform security. This is basically the cloud, actual cloud platform itself and the security measures that we need to implement in the cloud platform itself. Now, if you are doing too much mistakes here, it's easy to repair. Again, why? Because it's the cloud. Everything, you, you can drop everything and build everything from scratch. So this is a, a challenge, not your biggest challenge. When we talk about security management, it's basically how you manage the entire security frame, the different um, uh, compliance that you need to adhere to, how you do risk management, when is the right time to bring the security, the CISO, the security chief information security officer to the organization, and when is the right time to mature different um, things that are not technical, like policies and stuff like this. So this is the security management. And we have another pillar, and this is the pillar that uh, you, Jeremy, mentioned, and this is the pillar that we're going to focus, and this is the application security pillar. In application security, this is where you can do most, this is where startups do most of the mistakes. And why is it, uh, and why those mistakes are worse than the platform security mistakes? Because it's harder to fix them on time. As I said, when you're working on cloud, you can very easily drop everything you do and build your infrastructure from scratch in application security if you build your application in uh, in the wrong way i mean not according to best practices you have to go back and start from scratch and this is why um, uh, delay this is why application security can cause most of the delays and create most of the troubles for the founders so this is about application security now uh, again the, trying to shrink the discussions. When we talk about application security, when people talk about application security, they usually think about SDLC, Software Development Lifecycle, or SSDLC, Security Software Development Lifecycle. This is usually what, when information security uh, professionals, when you hear the word application security, this is what he thinks about. But actually SSDLC, which is an important methodology, 
doesn't cover the entire framework of application security or all the aspects of application security. SDRC by nature talks about the design and development phase of the application. But when we talk about application security, we also talk about the design phase, the deployment and testing phase, and the ongoing operations. And all of those have aspects of application security inside of them. So uh, first of all, first mistake the startup are doing is saying, okay, I have mature SDLC uh, methodology. This is not enough. You also need the ongoing operations and you also need the deployment phase to be matured. Um, so SSDLC is, tells, tells you only parts of the story. I'm putting it aside. Let's talk about the deployment and um, testing phase, and which is basically leads us to CI CD. Application security, SSDLC hasn't changed too much in the cloud, right? Different architecture, different job roles. We talk about uh, we talk about developers that more accessing the production, microservices, different uh, architectures. But we're still developing the same uh, frameworks. We're still we're still uh, getting uh, we're still getting vulnerabilities by OWASP top ten. So nothing really changed. What really changed in the cloud or in the new technologies that we see is, is the deployment testing. And um, why is that? Because the pace is changing. In the past, we used to have security testing every couple of months. The deployment cycle were very long. We used to develop in waterfall methodology. So it, the information security professional knows that in three months, I'm going to need to do a code review. And in six months, I need to do a, a testing, penetration test before we go live. Now this was this is true to companies who develop uh, traditionally, but new companies who are cloud native, they are developing real fast. So we have a development life cycle of between a week to three weeks. We are deploying it to production, not once in the three months. We're deploying to production sometimes uh, 10, 20, or 100 times a day. So the pace is really changing. And this puts a lot of pressure on the information security who used to do things manually. And this is the most of the, all of this long entry or long introduction, just to say that because the pace of the development is changing, we also need to increase the pace of the security testing. Other, if you don't do that, if the information security professional will fail to do so, basically they will develop the product without security. They will pass all the gates that information security needs to uh, have in order to make sure that the software is and before powerful. and before we go forward let, let's talk about why you know in in your eyes and your estimation why is it so important to make sure that you know the the minimal amount of security at least is in place properly before you even deploy your application to begin with there are two aspects for here first of all um when companies move to the cloud, when, for instance, startups move to the cloud, and when banks started to, or, or highly regulated industry, or everybody started to consume cloud services, the only thing that they can, the, the only thing that the bank can do with a SaaS service is make sure that they are mature. So this puts a lot of pressure on the SaaS companies on how they develop their products. And suddenly, 
you know, in the past, they used to develop a product and ship it to the organization. They were not responsible for operations. They were not responsible for, um, you know, incident response, log management, and stuff like this. So first of all, moving to SaaS puts a lot more responsibility on those companies. They used to develop and ship. Now they need required to the ongoing operation. Second, because the, because the customer of the SaaS companies, all they have is the ability to ask questions and verify that you are mature, that puts a lot of a focus on how do you do your security. And again, um, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm putting aside stories like SaaS companies who got breached and, and break, because the worst scenario for your end, you, we will not get, probably statistically will not get breached you will not have your information uh, stolen. Statistically, I'm saying it might happen to you, but statistically- Yeah, we, we, there's always that information security people always say, well, you know, one of the excuses we always hear from people is, oh, we're too small to, you know, to be breached. No one cares about the data that we have. And uh, that unfortunately it becomes uh, a very, very quickly people realize, well, looks like we aren't too small. We do have data that people will try to catch with the easiest means they can, right? Whatever automation tool they have to just, you know, put into your system, they'll do it because it's automated anyway. It doesn't take any more effort for them. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that if you don't have proper security in place, your sales cycles will be longer. And suddenly you're in the middle of a sales cycle when it comes to the security professionals, the suddenly there's a void. You don't hear anything. You have no feedback. You don't know what's going on. The site cycle is stuck. Why? Because you didn't give the information security person, uh, professional, the right answers. So even if you're not get rich, if you even if you're lucky, you're not part of the statistics. If you don't have proper security tools and you're selling to enterprises, to uh, organizations, you will not be successful in your business. And this is, I think, the biggest threats. Um, and this is what founders need to understand. They need to mature their application security. Not, uh, it, again, not because of the threat of, a, uh, of a information security failure, but because companies will refuse to work with them, especially companies who are under regulation and stuff like this. So uh, my urge to, uh, to everybody to mature their services as soon as possible, because it will help them to create a better company with faster sales cycles. Why do we need, why do I focus on application security? Because today the industry is talking about shifting left. What do we mean by that? We have a pipeline. On one end, we have a code, a developer working on a code, and the entire goal of everything that is related to cloud. When we talk about DevOps, when we talk about microservices, when we talk about Kubernetes, and every other buzzword you will hear, the goal of all those buzzwords is make sure that the, when code goes into the pipeline on one end, and gets into the production on the other hand, and it does it as fast as possible. We don't want to wait for a version, and we don't want to wait for manual testing. Everything should be automated. So what's the idea of shift left? Understand as soon as possible what your security defects are, where your security bugs are, because if you detect them closer to the production or in production, it costs much more. And this is where you have questions from customers, and this is where you have downtime and you want to avoid this. So why should company invest? First of all, it's good for the business. Second, it will help them to do things more reliable and cheaper. 
That's the idea of application security in the cloud environment. And uh, the, the quality assurance guys understand that the developer guys, uh, all the developers team understand that they need to be automated, that they need to be fast. Now we need to make sure that the security professional get this, uh, uh, this concept, that they need to do things fast and automated. And this is where we start our discussion on CI CD pipelines. Um, what is CI CD pipeline? Continuous integration. So developer finish up a code. Now this code needs to be integrated with the new, sorry, with the old code in order to create new build version, deployment, whatever you want to call it. So continuous integration is the process of taking the old code and integrating it with the new code. This is one phase. Second, now we have a new code. Now we have a new version that we need to test. Continuous deployment means that we deploy this uh, new code, first of all, into the, uh, into the testing environment and later on to the production environment. So this is a CI CD and in short, makes it makes sure that we deploy fast as soon as possible. As, as soon as the developer finished the new feature, make sure that it will be roll all the way as fast as possible to the production. And, so, and mature organization can do this cycle within days. That's the idea. As you already understand, there is no value in doing this manually. So everything needs to be automated. The quality, the all the process of integrations need to be automated. The quality assurance testing, we stop doing them manually, we start to do basically developing automated tests. And also the security guys needs to automate their own testing. The professional term to that is we are building basically guardrails. So the entire uh, building of the infrastructure with the code on it is, uh, handed, is created inside the guardrail. So we can build an infrastructure, but based on certain guidelines, for instance, we are going to build the testing or a production environment automatically, but we're going to make sure that there are no open buckets or no open ports from the outside. Okay, those are basically the guardrails. We are building the environment, we're building everything automatically based on a certain standard. And throughout the guardrails, we need to have our security gates. This is the security testing that organizations are doing uh, throughout the lifecycle itself in order to make sure that the software is valid. And uh, it's valid, it's free from bugs, it's uh, secured, everything they want to uh, assure. So um, what I'm going to do in the next couple of minutes, if this is okay with you, is work on the different guardrails that we need to have along the way in order to, uh, for somebody, for our listeners to understand the different yeah. security gates and the different testing they need to implement. That was yeah. that was that was that was part of my next my next <laughs> question is how, how does that work and is is that also connected with funding rounds of startups specifically? Is that something that you you put in buckets? Yeah. Well, basically, um, I'm going to state like five or six different testing. Okay, you cannot do them all from day one, you don't have the money, you don't have the manpower, and probably your application is not that complex, okay? So the rate of you adopting those different security gates and when do you adopt them is dependent on your funding routes. Um, and I would try to say for each, uh, for each test, for each uh, security gate like this, if it makes sense to make it on the, on the beginning 
for in the end. I'm, I, I'm not tying it to a specific schedule or to a specific funding route because it's very dependent on your software. If your software is for highly regulated industries and it's very intrusive and you keep a big, pay, uh, a big amount of PII, then you need to do this earlier. If you're selling to consumers and not organizations and you're not too intrusive and you only keep very minimal PII, so you can do this later on and it's later in those stages. In, in later stages. So again, this is mo mostly dependent on your business. So what are the security gates and how can we make sure that they're built, as we said, mostly to the left, okay? Um, so when the developer starts building, the, he usually doesn't build anything from scratch. He is adding external open source packages. Like Gartner is saying that 70% of the software that is developed inside enterprises is coming from an open source. So the first test that you want to do is examine the packages the developer is incorporating. And I think you have an episode on that on probably your third episode uh, in the uh, podcast was about something similar to that or identical to that. How do I examine the open source packages that I'm uh, working on and we all understand after log4j why is it important to map them and to give them different uh, points good products will be uh, the sooner as the developers decide to include a new package or examining a new package that will give him some kind of insight on this package if it's vulnerable or not what is the reputation of the developers that it has a maybe it has a better version so again shifting left it means that from the developer dashboard they need to provide this instance so this is the first test that we are doing and it's also uh, the official name for that is sca software composition analysis Okay, and I will drag in something more into that in the sake of time. We were also examining, like for instance, when you're building your virtual machine or your, or your uh, containers, you use images. Those images are often coming from external sources. Then you need to examine those images as well, make sure that they are not vulnerable or doesn't contain any malicious software. This is, uh, sometimes it's part of the essay, sometimes it's a different process, but again, you want to do this as soon as the image is being built and not wait all the way for the production to find out that this image is vulnerable. Moving on, the developer is working. Now he has a feature. Now he has a new, uh, new code that he wants to integrate. This is the first time that we uh, examining the code itself. And usually this is an uh, a test that is called static analysis. Static analysis basically reads the code and identify, for instance, if we had a, an input field that is uh, not doesn't have a limitation of the size and various aspects of application and security mistakes that developers used to do. Again, shifting left, the best way to do this is some of the more mature tools are even integrated into the developer's environment to the IDE. And once, once the function is being built, they're already giving him comments as he writes the application. Yeah, feedback. Feedback mm -hmm. loop right away is is always great. Mm -hmm. now we'll talk more about tips as after this uh, mm -hmm. after you finish explaining this whole thing to us. We'll go through some tips that you have for the developers. So I'll let you continue. Go ahead. 
Okay, the next test. So now we have a, a version that we already tested. We want to, sorry, we tested, we read the code. Now we want to deploy it into the testing environment and start our um, testing environment, uh, start our testing procedures. Okay, this could be regular testing, uh, QA, um, unit testing, regression testing, or security testing. At this point where we have an application that is already running, we usually run something that is called dynamic analysis or dust. Dynamic analysis doesn't read the code, it's a black box testing. It only tests the code and makes sure that it's not vulnerable by actually trying an attack and see if it works. So they put in large input field to see if they can do buffer overflow, use different encoding, stress load to see if they get error message that they can learn about the application and uh, stuff like this. Most of the companies usually start with dynamic analysis. Most of the startups, sorry, start with dynamic analysis and not static analysis. Why? Dynamic analysis, there is a bigger variety of open source tools. Uh, it's a more, I, I, I wouldn't use the word mature, but it's, um, it's has more, it's uh, more years on the field uh, and we have more experience than that, and it's easier to integrate. Static analysis need to integrate to the source code. It's need to understand the, the frameworks that you're working with. Dynamic analysis, simply point into URL and you can start working. So usually organizations start with dynamic analysis and when they mature, they add the uh, static analysis. Another thing that we have is we are going to deploy an environment now. We are basically the uh, companies who are cloud native, startups who are cloud native, basically deploy each time they do a testing, they deploy the entire test environment and maybe later on even the production environment from scratch. When you deploy it, you use a template. In this template, we you describe everything that we're going to build. We're going to build a free VPCs connected with, um, with peering. We're going to build this uh, servers and uh, this managed database. So basically we describe everything we're going to build. There are tools that are checking those templates. Infrastructures are called templates, we call them. And basically they tell you if this is following your security standards. There are no open loops there, uh, no holes, no uh, open buckets, no uh, open ports. They will also check if you are not store, if you're not using any secrets that are um, uh, that can be later on exposed. A word about uh, uh, a word about secrets. Okay. So what is uh, application secrets? Basically, API keys, access keys, connection string to database, various various um, types of text um, or strings that enable us to connect to different services. When you deploy a modern application today, especially if you're doing this with CI/CD pipelines, you have tons of API keys because everything is connected to one another. So your CI/CD service goes to the GitHub and pulls out the uh, the code that's a, a, an API key. It then goes to Terraforms or uh, CloudFormation or any other service and tells it to deploy the uh, the environment. It uses an API key or an access key different application components talk to each other. Those are all fall under the category of application secrets. Now, the, um, the common mistake is store the application security inside 
configuration file inside the template, inside the code. And this is where you get your headline because those are not, the, this is not the right place to store those keys. What is the right place? A location that is built for that. And, um, uh, and cloud provider has their own service with its own benefits or uh, with its own pros and cons. And there are external services to do so. And Achilles is one of those services that can help, also help you with storing keys. Okay, so when you to check your information, uh, sorry, your infrastructure is code templates, you need to verify if you're storing keys or anything else. And only, uh, or if your uh, deployment is breaches some kind of pr uh, production protocol, and if not, you are good to go. So this is where we deploy everything, and then once the testing is over, we are deploying into the production. Usually, we use two different pipelines. This is the best practices, and why again? Because we don't want the secrets from the test environment to get. Uh, mixed with the secrets for the production environment. This is why we're separating those two pipelines into two different um, environments just to separate everything uh, between them. And this is, uh, and after you deploy, uh, there's the ongoing testing, like uh, vulnerability testing. Some organization, even though I talked about automation, still do once every major version, they still do manual penetration test. Okay, this is a compensating control to make sure that you're still doing that. You still, uh, you say your automation doesn't uh, doesn't keep secret. I mean, doesn't hide anything that you want to know. So some of them still use manual testing, but again, it's a compensating control. It's not part of the uh, pipeline. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was a full. Uh, this is almost like a a little degree that we just got <laughs> in uh, in CI/CD. So that was a fantastic uh, explanation, and and of course, making sure that you're implementing security throughout that whole development lifecycle. Uh, you know, it's great for developers, DevOps, and all that to keep all these things in mind. Uh, now, Moshe, just as uh, you know. To, to wrap up the, the conversation, you know, talking about CICD pipelines and security for developers, what would you say are, you know, one or two tips that you have for developers at startups to implement security practices that are, you know, they're, they may seem difficult or they may be a little bit, you know, but ways to implement those things um, without really taking too much of the developer's time. Of course, when we're talking about, you know, DevSec for startups, and we know that startups, a lot of developers don't have as much time to focus on security and really trying to bring security to the forefront here because it's obviously super important with everything we've seen happening, especially lately. Um, so what are some tips that you have for developers say, here's, you know, one or two things you can do right now that won't take too much of your life cycles, you know, in terms of development, and you can implement them right away. Okay. So most of the companies that are doing SCA, for instance, they have their own open source tools that can, you know, that in a click of a button can help you 
in uh, making first the first decisions. After that, you grow into more com commercial uh, product. But first, start with the uh, with the with the open source tools. They're usually easier to integrate. Okay, and the biggest problem in application security that those tools are not usually the application security tools are not embedded by the cloud provider. I mean, the cloud provider gives us a lot of infrastructure tools. Uh, but not application security tools. So again, go to OWASP, they have great tools, and almost all of the large vendors also have some kind of open source version that you can use, okay? Pay extra attention um, uh, to your uh, Kubernetes uh, images. Many of the breaches in the last couple of years happened because of the wrong Kubernetes images. So pay your uh, attention into uh, Kubernetes images, and, um, and make sure to use open source for your dynamic analysis. I think this will get you uh, for, for the first couple of versions safely. Um, there's always a conflict. Most regulations are forbidding from the developers to go to the production. I mean, they have separation of job roles. But on the other hand, your startups, you don't, sometimes you don't have an operations and sometimes the developer need to go to the production. Build your policies in a way that the developers can access the production, they can do changes, they cannot break the production, okay? Uh, meaning, uh, work on the permissions closely and make sure that they only have the right permissions. This will be very helpful when you get an audit from your customers, just to show them that uh, when, the when the development team is accessing production, they're doing it under their own guardrails as we, uh, as we talk about. Look for managed services, okay? This is true for many aspects that a startup is doing. You don't have the time, you don't have the manpower. So make shortcuts by using managed services for monitoring, for a testing. Use software as a service instead, instead of building your own tools because it will save you time and operational burden. Perfect, Moshe. Well, thank you so much for those details. Now, before we wrap up, do you want to just give uh, a little bit, uh, something that you want to shout out, uh, some an event that you're doing coming up, anything like that? Well, um, our uh, Cyber Week is coming uh, in uh, June. It is Israel's uh, largest conversation. And if you're interested in cloud security, we always have an event there, talks about innovation and new stuff. Uh, so you're welcome uh, to join us. Second, we are working on the next version of cloud security for startups uh, with the CSA. So uh, currently we're looking for contributors. So if you're able to contribute, if you can, uh, if, you're, uh, if you have an expertise on one of those areas of security management, of application security or platform security in the environment that startups are working on, uh, meaning cloud environment, uh, CICD and, uh, the, uh, and security management relevant to challenges of startups, then uh, we are looking for both contributors who can write, but also peer review and uh, look at our, we have a Facebook group where we publish all of this. It's called Cloud Security Alliance Israel. Uh, feel free to join it. It's not limited to only uh, Israelis. It's limited to everybody who uh, is open to everybody who wants to contribute and come over and join us in this effort. Perfect. Thanks so much, Moshe, for your time. And uh, hopefully we will be in touch again around Cyber Week. Uh, if not, then maybe around uh, C the version two of the uh, CSA document. So thanks again for your time. We learned an immense amount from you and we look forward to the next time. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Have a great day.